that time of the week again. One of our favorite days of the week. Why? Because we get to be with you. I am your host, Don Rosinger, and I am here with both my co-host and my amazing husband, Travis. Hey guys, welcome to the Love in the Fight Marriage Podcast, where our goal is to encourage you to fight for your marriage. And Don, we want everybody to have fun along the way. Laugh and enjoy life and laugh at each other and the funny things that come with marriage. Yeah. Another fun thing that we like to do is we want to give a country shout out. There are people listening all around the world and each one of you that are tuning in to this uh, podcast, you are special, you are loved by God and we love you. So we want to just give a huge shout out to those of you that are listening in the country of God. Hey guys, thanks for listening. Wow, it's so great to have you listening. I can't even believe that you guys are there, but we are grateful and glad. Well, one of the things that we are really passionate about is groups. In other words, building relationships. And we've certainly had groups of friends and different support systems throughout our life. Many, many, yep. And marriage. uh, But also we have intentionally been a part of groups at our church and wanting to build deeper relationships there in our faith community. Well, Don, we're about to strap on our seatbelts because this coming Monday, we have 20 people signed up for our group at our house. It's going to be every other oh, week. Some that. of these yep. people we have met before and we know them and they're already a part of our support system. But then there are probably like eight to 10 people we've we never have, met yep, before. We don't even know what they look like, actually. And it could be <laughs> like crazy wild, but we love that, that not knowing and the excitement of getting to build relationships with new people. It's so cool to have people over in your house to connect and just get to know them. But also we're going to do a Bible study. Like we're going to open up the Bible and we're going to go through first Peter and we're going to literally just dig in God's word together on top of building relationships. I cannot wait. One of our favorite times of the year, every single time we join a group or we're in a group, we just can't wait for it to come. As you know, because we talk about it quite often, Travis and I are runners. Now, not marathon runners. Like we don't run the 26 mile marathons. Do we we do not. <laughs> but the type of runners that we are is we're the consistent daily three and a half to four miles a day runners. And recently we changed up our schedule, a little, our daily schedule. We have developed a new rhythm where we set our alarm for 5.30 a.m. And when that alarm goes off, we just jump out of bed. We use the restroom, get dressed, drink a full glass of water. We grab our headlamps because it's obviously dark. Yeah, like a headlight, headlamp, yep. yep. And we walk out our front door. And some days this is easier than others, but we found that if we run first thing in the morning, we will be more consistent with our workouts and things won't get in the way at 5.30 a.m. like they do at 5.30 p.m. Yeah, and honestly, Don, as you know, I'm a zombie. That yeah. first block or two when we get out there, I, I'm just out of my mind. We I'm are. still half asleep. But once we get going, I start feeling really good. And by the end of the run, it's like I'm on a drug. You are. It's a yep. high and I am ready to embrace the day. Yeah, we definitely are able to go into our day stronger and with more energy. Well, Travis, you know, you're really really fun to run with because you tend to talk the entire time. Once you wake up after that first block, you're awake and the entire time you talk, which completely distracts and entertains me while we run. I know we both naturally encourage and cheer each other on in our runs, 
but you are awesome because you helped me forget about the run and focus on other things. I know the other day, Travis, when we were running, we had a conversation going and I was actually very talkative at this point. And I began to tell you about my new job and my new team because, like I said last week, I recently accepted a position to become the pastor of groups at the Hamlet campus at Eagle Brook Church. And I am learning a ton. I am loving my team. And I'm so honored and excited to be in this role. But you know what? Just like any new job or transition, this can be a time of nervousness or worry or even questioning just your own abilities. So as I was running just this last week and talking to you, I began to ask you questions like, well, what if this or what if that? Do you remember? I do remember that. Yeah. And again, I'm still trying to wake up, but then my brain was kind of firing on different cylinders and thinking in different ways. I know I was asking you questions like, what if I can't figure out the new database program that I'm learning? Or what if I drive my teammates nuts? My what ifs were actually filled with insecurities and anxiety about my new job because of my lack of knowledge. Just like any new job, it takes time to learn and process and to learn the flow of a job. And I'm definitely the type of person that kind of lacks patience in this area because I, my goal is to be the best employee possible. I'm just wired to work extremely hard and always give my best. That is so true. You are literally one of the hardest workers, Don, I've ever seen. I remember at our last uh, position, you really had two job titles yep. <laughs> and they both were almost full time and you work circles around so many other people. My dad has an incredible work ethic and he trained me and taught me to work hard and never call in sick. Like, obviously, I do call in sick if I'm sick, but that's just the way that he raised me. I am wired to work extremely hard and to always give my best. And I've realized it's kind of hard to prove yourself when you're just beginning a new job. And as you're learning and you have no wins under your belt, all of that just takes time. And I'm sure many of you guys out there can relate to this if you have started a new job lately. Travis, two years ago at Eagerbrook Church, you started a new job. Yeah, and I was kind of in the same place you were, Don. I was just feeling so incompetent. You know, here you bring in all this experience, all these skills, but you're brand new. Yes. You don't know the culture. You don't know, you know, what's right, what's wrong, or how to do this or how to do that. And so you, you kind of feel like a three-year-old. Yeah. All over again. And it is so frustrating. And you ask so many questions. We have to ask lots of questions. No, and you feel stupid. For every question you ask, you feel more stupid. I totally get it. So starting something new just takes time and it takes a lot of patience. So back to our run. It's funny because as I was asking you, Travis, all of my what if questions, you quickly began to throw back the exact opposite of my what ifs. Your what-ifs were actually all positive and faith-based and encouraging, where my what-ifs were more fear, doubting, and anxiety-based. And Travis, you know me. I'm a very positive person 99% of the time. That's actually one of my strengths is positivity. But starting something new is just hard. And as you encountered all of my what-ifs with your positives, I quickly began to realize the stark difference between the two, my what-ifs versus your what ifs or what could yeah. be. And you made me feel much better. And I think that run, the conversation, your 
what ifs of, of maybe some of the, the, the tough, difficult things that could happen. And then my what ifs of all the great positive yes. things that could happen. Really, that's just kind of a, a small example of what happens in all of our minds on a regular basis. I would call it the war of what ifs. Right. There's always the negative that keeps flashing up and we have an option to shout them yep. down with the positive what ifs. As we finished our conversation, I began to process a little bit just a few minutes before to our prior conversation. And I looked at you and I said, Travis, why do you think God wired you that way? Why don't you focus on the what ifs, but you tend to focus more on faith and what could be in a positive way? So you're not you're right here next to me and you answered my questions that day. I'm right here. But since you're right here next to me, I'm just going to ask you those questions right now and let everyone hear your response. So Travis, why do you think God wired you that way? Why don't you focus on the what ifs, but focus more on faith and what could be? Yeah, I think, Don, part of it is my brain or my heart tends to live in the land of the W's. And I know you've already alluded to that already, but that's where I live. I naturally have an inclination to look back at all of the wins that I have in the win column. That's the land of the W's. I don't live in the land of the F's, you know, where they're all failures. Or if I do think about a failure, one of the things that I naturally do is I think of how I could grow from that failure. And so I immediately turn that failure into a win. This failure taught me how to win in the future. And so that's part of it. The other part is I just have a, I think God has given me the gift of faith. And I don't say that as being prideful or bragging, but I literally absolutely believe that when God is with us, who can stand against us? What can go wrong? And even if something goes wrong, I love what Job says. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I mean, I just absolutely believe it's going to get better. That is so true, Travis. That's exactly who you are. And I'm so thankful that I'm married to you because you taught me how to actually do this. I mean, that day, yes, I was questioning. I had a lot of what ifs. But most of the time, I am able to look at the what ifs and turn them into what could be. In this episode, we want to encourage you to get rid of the what ifs in your life and marriage, to focus on what could be and be filled with faith for your life and for your marriage. Yeah, Don, I I think I got to throw one more in there before we go any further. And that is, I have to have spent some time in you know, thinking about the negative what ifs and that world of where it's a war between the good what ifs and the bad what ifs. And honestly, I, there, I've had so many experiences in my life where I thought something could potentially be negative or bad or take me out or kill me or whatever it was. And then I got to the other side of it and it was okay that the one thing that I thought, well, what if it could be like, horrible, awful. And I got through it and I was like, wait a second. It really wasn't that bad. And that's part of why it makes sense to live in the land of what if good things happen? Yes, bad things happen, but 99% of the time, the what ifs that are negative that we believe could happen never do. So Don, what are some examples of negative what ifs that people could be thinking out there right now that are listening to this podcast. There are a lot of different what ifs. So what if I lose my job or what if I get sick? What if my business fails? What if I get hurt or injured? What if my kids don't listen and get into trouble? 
What if I get vulnerable with my spouse and they betray me? Or what if no one likes me? These are so many different what ifs, but very practical questions and questions maybe you've dealt with. Yeah. And again, it's the war of the what ifs, the negative what ifs against the positive what ifs. And we want to encourage you guys to grab a hold of the positives to erase the negative what ifs. Why is this relevant when it comes to marriage? Because most of us spend our lives in fear and anxiety, and it's difficult for us as individuals, and that pulls attention away from focusing on the marriage. When we live in that life, we actually hold ourselves back from reaching our full potential. We want to answer the question, how can we get rid of the what if mentality once and for all? You know, there's a way to do that, and it all starts with faith. We would say live a life of faith. And that is what God has called each one of us to do individually, but especially in our marriages. In Hebrews chapter 11 in the Bible, it says faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things that we cannot see. Don, I have always loved that statement. Evidence of what we can't see, that makes no sense. But when it comes to faith, when it comes to God, it makes all the sense in the world that there is evidence for what we cannot see. And so we need to believe that God has something amazing in store for you. Believe that he has a plan for your life and for your marriage. Be confident that we are not living a life alone, that God is with us. He's never going to leave us or forsake us. So how do we increase our faith to live that life of faith? Well, we've got to pray and ask God to increase it. Speaker Joyce Myers has kind of a a fun statement that she makes that sticks in your mind because it's really simple, but she says, pray and then stay. Pray and then stay. And really what she's getting at is pray about your needs, fears, or the what ifs, and then walk away knowing that God is in control. We want to encourage you to pray out loud and stay firm on those prayers. So pray and then stay. I love that rhyme. I actually use it quite often when I'm having a day where I'm kind of anxious about something. I just pray and I have faith that God heard my prayers and that he is going to make everything work out. Yeah. And Don, I, you know, for us and for me, I think one of the big things of getting rid of the what ifs, of winning the war of the what ifs, I think the next thing is you have to focus on the positive. And that might seem like an oversimplification, but the reality is we live in a world where there is this massive pull towards negativity. It's like, oh my gosh, the world is falling apart. My spouse isn't perfect. My job could pay me more. I mean, there's just all this negativity that's bubbling up inside of us. And the reality is we got to just start thinking about What's the good that God has given us? What are the positive things that we have? So take time to look at your life and see all of those things, the positive things that God has given you. It's kind of like that old hymn. Don, you remember this one. It went like this. It said, count your blessings and name them one by one. Count your many blessings. See what God has done. I like that old hymn. I remember as a little girl sitting in church and them singing this him. And it's true. God has given us so many amazing things and we need to count our blessings. God has truly done incredible things in our lives, in our marriage, 
And we know that he isn't finished yet. And for those of you that are listening, he isn't finished yet with you. He has incredible things in store for your life. So we're talking about how you can get rid of the what if mentality in your life and in your marriage. How are you going to do that? Consider this. Be grateful. Be grateful for what you have and what you don't have. Sometimes what we don't have is actually a blessing (laughs) because we shouldn't have that. Yeah. Honestly, Don, this is one of my favorite ones. Being grateful can really change a lot of things. It helps you to see what you have been blessed with, but also all the wins that you've also been given as well. There is an incredible man in the Bible named David, and he wrote most of the Psalms. And I love David because he's so honest with God. When he's having a good day or a bad day, he literally just tells God how he's feeling. But David has this incredible attitude in Psalm 138. And this is an attitude that we need to adopt, that we need to have when it comes to being grateful. He says this, I give you thanks, O Lord, with all my heart. I will sing your praises before the gods. I bow before your holy temple as I worship. I praise your name for your unfailing love and faithfulness, for your promises are backed by all the honor of your name. As soon as I pray, you answer me. You encourage me by giving me strength. Every king in all the earth will thank you, Lord, for all of them will hear your words. Yes, they will sing about the Lord's ways, for the glory of the Lord is very great. Though the Lord is great, he cares for the humble, but he keeps his distance from the proud. Though I am surrounded by troubles, you will protect me from the anger of my enemies. You reach out your hand, and the power of your right hand saves me. The Lord will work out his plans for my life, for your faithful love, O Lord, endures forever. Don't abandon me, for you made me. I love that Psalms. David is so grateful. It is so charged with so much positivity and so much praise for God and all that God has done, but all that God will do for him. You know, Travis, when our hearts are filled with gratitude, there's not going to be room for the what ifs or fear or anxiety. We will truly just be thankful for it all. And it's so easy to get caught in a spiral, a downward spiral of negativity and just continuing to ask the question, what if bad things happen? And, and so if we're going to break that, we've got to ask, like, how are we going to do it? How is this going to happen? And I think a big part of it is creating new neural pathways. Our brains are wired to run on the same pathways unless we create new ones. If we tend to think negatively, full of anxiety or lack faith, what's going to happen? Our brains will keep flowing or running down the same exact pathways. Those pathways and those grooves in our brain can begin to get deeper and deeper and they can become human nature. But the good news is this. It doesn't have to be this way. We can slowly begin to create new, better pathways in our brain. But how? Well, we need to do what the Bible tells us to do. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, it says this. This is one of my favorite verses. It says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. What is he going to say? One final thing. He goes on and he says, fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. It's interesting that Paul the Apostle was writing these words while he's in a cold, dark Roman prison where there's rats probably chewing on him. You know, they're giving him next to nothing to eat. And he's like, hey, 
Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. And what's excellent and worthy of praise? Positive what ifs. You know, what if something great could happen? And what if God could change my world? By thinking your thoughts on what is excellent and worthy of praise, by doing this over and over again, you're going to create new neural pathways. Your old habits of negativity are going to be broken. Which in turn, you'll help you get rid of that what if mentality. So just a quick recap. How do we get rid of the what if mentality? We just live a life of faith, focus on the positive, be grateful, and create new neural pathways. But just like anything in life, Travis, we talk about this so often This is our choice. This is your choice. Yes, some people are prone to positivity and seeing the cup half full all the time, but we all have a choice if we want to live this way or not. Because remember that God has a plan and a purpose for your marriage. Do you believe that? Quit asking the what if negative questions and rephrase them to what could be positive focused questions. Now, Donna and I want to end by praying a blessing over you and believing this to come to pass in your life and your marriage. This prayer is found in the Bible in Ephesians chapter three. And again, we just want to pray it over you. Let's pray. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through the spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. We definitely believe that and we are praying that over you today. We just want to thank you for listening to this episode of the Loving the Fight Marriage Podcast. Remember, you've got this. You can do this. Keep loving the fight. We'll see you next time.